0: Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode, we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes.
1: So welcome to the Maples team this morning. We're very fortunate to have them joining us to share some of their experiences and I think we'll start by just doing some brief introductions. So if we go to Emily first.
0: Cool. So I'm an HR business partner at Maples. I'm actually based in London, but I also work very closely with the team over in Jersey.
2: I'm Mark Crichton. I'm a partner in the finance practice at Maples in Jersey, qualified in English and Jersey law.
3: I'm Lauren Bridgen. I'm an associate in the Jersey office working across practice areas, uh, primarily in funds, finance and corporate, and I'm
1: qualified in English law. Brilliant. Thank you. So I think, Mark, if we could start with you and if you could just give us a bit of an overview of, of Maples Group.
2: No problem, Rachel, of course. So Maples is one of the largest providers of offshore legal and corporate services in the world. We are across the globe and in many different time zones. In Europe, we have a presence in Jersey, London, Luxembourg and Dublin, and we practice a range of offshore jurisdictional law.
1: Great, and I guess sort of an obvious question for our students would be, what's it like working as an offshore lawyer and and how might it be different?
2: Well, for your students, Rachel, who have an interest in corporate finance, funds law, you know, we're talking real business law at its most kind of wider sense. Then the biggest takeaway is that Jersey provides first class experience in multi-jurisdictional transactions, working with some of the very best onshore firms in New York or London And often working with a number of different teams and a number of different practice areas within those teams.
1: Wow, it sounds like a wide remit. And Lauren, what about your experiences of working as an offshore lawyer? Do you have anything to add there?
3: Yeah, so I would really echo what Mark had just said in terms of top quality work. From a junior perspective, I think you get exposure to really high quality work from the very beginning of your career, especially from the start of your training contract work which would more typically be reserved for more senior lawyers I th- I think in larger city firms mm. which is you know a great great advantage additionally I'd say the teams generally in, in offshore firms are a bit smaller in comparison to what you would typically get in a city firm which has great advantages for juniors especially in terms of mentoring opportunities and partner contact and I would also just add as well that the ability to continue to work across practice areas is something really key. And that's something that I do. I work across funds, finance and corporate. And that's quite different to what you would normally get in a city firm where you're often encouraged to qualify into quite a niche area from the get go. Whereas I'm still kind of getting exposure to across all those practice lines, which is really, really
1: beneficial at such an early stage in your career. Yeah, great. I can really see that you know, it's an attractive opportunity and certainly gives you maybe a little bit more exposure than if you were working in, say, a a big firm in in London. Would that be accurate, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I'd say
3: when you qualify in a London firm, you are often pigeonholed quite early on in your career into a pretty niche area of law. So, for example, where I work across funds, finance or corporate, you would typically be asked to choose one of those which you know it does it that can have its advantages as well but when you're you're so early on in your career you might not the time qualification comes you might not be ready yet to make that decision for the rest of your career so it's great to have continue to have that exposure across practice lines while you're still building up your your client base building up your knowledge and it's really really helpful.
1: Yeah absolutely I, I can see that and sort of Building on that, I was going to ask both Mark and Lauren what your sort of motivations were or are for working offshore.
2: Well, Rachel, for your listeners who maybe haven't come across Jersey too much, a fundamental part has got to be it's the sunniest place in the British Isles. You know, is it?
1: I haven't been, Mark, so this is great. I think our listeners do need to to hear this.
2: Well, Rachel, we've got to get you across sometime. You know,
1: absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
2: And so it's a place where you can qualify as an English lawyer or as a Jersey lawyer. You can be exposed to top quality legal work in different areas of business law and enjoy everything that a sunny island a bit further south can offer.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's um, there's the offer of a good work-life balance there, which I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. And what about yourself, Lauren? Because I know you're from Jersey. Yeah, so I am from Jersey, Jersey born and bred, but I
3: I spent some time in the UK whilst I was doing my law degree at Exeter and my LPC. And in terms of motivations and drivers for me, as you just said, the work-life balance, I think is something that's really key. And it's a huge driver for many people choosing to work offshore. From a junior perspective, I think it's really important in, in knowing that you're receiving city quality work and training without having to sacrifice your quality of life. And that's something that's really, really appealing. Um you almost feel when you're a junior that you've got to kind of work until like 2 a.m. every single night in London. You you feel yeah. as though when you're at a junior stage in your career, especially looking for a training contract, you do feel as though you need to be spending all hours in the office and working in London to be getting a first class training. But that's not necessarily the case and Jersey does offer the opportunity to receive that work without having to sacrifice your quality of life you you don't need to be staying in the office until 2am every night to succeed and another point I'd just add is that training offshore really doesn't preclude you from returning onshore another point in the future and that's a really popular route for many people many people train offshore and then go back onshore for a few years and vice versa so it's just keeping that in mind that you're not pigeonholing yourself to always having to remain offshore. If you do decide to train in Jersey, you, there are opportunities to go back to London, go back onshore at any point in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, I think what you're saying there is it's touching on work life balance again, isn't it? You're still getting high quality training and that exposure, which you've already talked about but you're maybe not working the kind of hours that some trainees are working in some of the big the big London firms and some of our you know students will be aware of that and I think people are different aren't they some people really thrive off those long hours and that high pressure but that's not for everybody and I think it's really important for our students to consider what kind of environment they're going to be comfortable in so you know thank you for sharing that. I also was going to ask you about cases because you say it sounds like you do do some fantastic work there but I wanted to ask you both what are the most interesting cases you've worked on
2: well Rachel the first thing I say is that you know even the driest deals involve teamwork adrenaline using your brain and just really positive feelings of professional pride so yeah There is something that can be got from even the most boring transaction. But occasionally, we do come across transactions with more interesting subject matter. And one of mine was that a year or so ago, I was acting for a South Korean investment house looking to invest in a US uh, manufacturer of space rockets. And they were channeling their investment via Jersey. And so whilst the work that we were doing was funds and regulatory in nature, it still had this underlying quite interesting objective and looking at these investor presentations about these payloads going into space it was a little bit of fun.
1: Yeah definitely that sounds so interesting and what about you Lauren is there a particular case that sticks out in your memory? Yeah so it's
3: a little bit different to rockets and very topical at the moment it was to do with the ongoing war in Ukraine. Uh, So this was a recent case that I worked on with the Maples Global Pro Bono Committee. So that's a cross-border committee which consists of paralegals, trainees, associates and partners across our offices from London, Jersey, Dublin. And the case itself involved human rights and humanitarian law research and that was into the legality of particular conscription and border crossing exemptions that were being applied to members of the LGBT community which was in connection with the war um, in Ukraine and it was really really interesting and you know a really amazing thing to be a part of and the research that, that we did there will be primarily used for international advocacy efforts for governments and NGOs but also may be used to um, inform future litigation efforts. In terms of our pro bono committee, cases like this, you know, not every single one of them is, is as large as, as this one was. But we really do encourage junior lawyers, paralegals, trainees, and anyone that is interested in pro bono to, to get involved. And it does kind of still, it shows that despite being in a corporate firm, you still do get access and exposure
1: to this sort of work, which is, you know, really, really rewarding.
2: And a really nice counterpoint to corporate funds and finance work, isn't it? Definitely.
1: Yeah, and I I think our... Listeners will be really interested in that Lauren, that particular case, because like in my interactions with students, I get a lot of them inquiring about human rights law, and I think a lot of a lot of firms have you'll have your corporate commercial, won't you, and then you'll have your sort of pro bono arm. So I think that's really interesting for them to hear about. Shall we move on to? I think we've touched on it a little bit with work life balance. But what are some of the perks of living in Jersey? Because we, we were joking, weren't we, saying I haven't been, and you said, Mark, it's the sunniest place. So, well, yeah, t- tell us all about Jersey and why it's such a great place to live.
2: Well, Rachel, I think Lauren and I are, are both biased in this, because we're, we're both actually from Jersey. But Lauren, I think you'd like to go first.
3: Yeah, sure. As Mark said, we are a bit biased, but there are a huge amount of perks to living in Jersey, especially in the summer months. Even now, I guess, going into October with Mark and I are sat here, we literally turn around and looking straight out at the beach, at the sea. It's a lovely sunny day, which is always great for the moods. In addition to that, I suppose we've got because we've got such a large finance industry in Jersey, there are a large amount of young professionals on
1: the island and there's a huge appetite for socialising it just sounds like a great place to be Lauren it really does I can't I'm so jealous that you so I, I can see a window because we've got our cameras on can you see a beach out there
2: we we can see the sea I mean it's looking a little oh my goodness didn't go for a swim this morning Rachel but we were in at the weekend
1: bit, bit too choppy well actually that's the parallel that I was going to draw on because obviously our students in Exeter and we've got a campus over in Penryn in Cornwall they were, We are quite close to the sea. I mean, we can't see it out of the window, but we're quite close. So I guess there's some parallels. If you're, intre- if you like an active lifestyle, swimming, cycling, running, I bet Jersey is a great place to live.
2: Excellent. Yeah, and if you, any of your listeners are keen surfers, then we do have a nice yeah. coastline here, where the surf is excellent.
1: Oh yeah I'm sure they will be and Lauren one question I have for you was because you spent quite a lot of time in Exeter because obviously you were a student here are there any sort of parallels or any differences Exeter versus Jersey? Yeah so I think for a lot of Jersey
3: students Exeter was a really popular choice of university mainly for the academics but also due to the proximity it's very close we have a lot of regular flights going there and it was also the kind of sense of community you have in exeter i found very similar to being back in jersey it's quite a close-knit community as you say you're not you can get on the train down to falmouth you're not too far away and i would say there are definitely parallels but there are also differences as well saying that jersey is right right next to the beach you're only ever 10 minutes away from the
1: beach so the activeness is probably a bit bigger in jersey There. But yeah, I think what you're saying, what you're saying there, Lauren, is it's there are there are quite a lot of parallels, aren't there, between Exeter and Jersey. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love Exeter, because it's quite a small community, isn't it? You've got beautiful coastline, but you've got, you know, greenery, you've got Dartmoor, you can go hiking and all those sorts of things. So yeah, I definitely need to come over, guys. This is yep. making me want to add it to my list. <laughs> So Mark I also wanted to ask you I know that that you've worked in London for quite a long time haven't you and I was wondering you know the comparison between living and working in London and Jersey.
2: Yeah sure Rachel so I practiced for 10 years as an English solicitor in London as a corporate lawyer before moving back to Jersey about 10 years ago so I have kind of experience of about 10 years in London and now 10 years in Jersey so a lot of experience to draw on and I would say the first takeaway for your students is that Jersey offers top quality legal work and it feels very similar to working in London in that regard. And we are very often working with the teams in the Magic Circle and Silver Circle firms so the mandates are as good coming out of Jersey as they are working in the city. The difference is again yeah. we've already already touched on the differences but they're all about the lifestyle I think and the benefits that come with being in such a sunny and beautiful place as Jersey.
1: Yeah absolutely and everything the accessibility of everything is accelerated with the pandemic hasn't it? It it doesn't really matter where you are you can still sounds like from what you said you can still be working on big corporate deals but then have the benefit of going out onto the beach you know when you finish work
2: and I think we were probably quite well placed for the new way of working in that Mm. we are used to working with our colleagues in Hong Kong and Singapore through to Mm. Cayman and Canada on the other other side of the globe so that kind of having to work closely with team members spread across the globe is something we've been doing for years.
1: Yeah, great, so you were well prepared there. Okay, that's great, thank you for that. Now, Emily, I just wanted to come over to you and I, I just wanted to focus now on the Jersey training contract and I know those applications will be going live in January. So would you just be able to tell us a little bit about that and how that will work?
0: Sure, so this is extremely exciting. So the Jersey office is one of our newest offices at Maples. It only opened in 2018 and since then it's been growing year on year. We actually have had five new associates join us um, over 2022 um, and we now have an office which spans newly qualified associates all the way up to obviously highly experienced partners and senior lawyers but we've identified this gap we don't have any trainee solicitors coming through and building that pipeline for the future so over the last few months we've been building this trainee solicitor program and we're really excited to take on our first two trainees who will join us in September 2023 So, recruitment for those that first cohort will start in January of 2023, so applications open on the 1st of January. We are looking for those who are graduating in 2023 and who have completed a law degree to be part of our first cohort, but we're also welcoming those who are graduating in 2024 um, and who don't have a law degree, or I guess those who are graduating in 2024 and who have a law degree and that would then join us the same year. So we've essentially built this bespoke two-year training program which is just like a training contract offered by any city law firm in London Um, and this is going to be built all around the SQE courses and exams. Obviously the SQE is is the new route to qualification as a solicitor in England and Wales. This has only been introduced by the SRA over the last two years, so it's very new and very exciting. The idea is that obviously our trainees will be based in Jersey and we're going to pay for our successful candidates to relocate. Obviously, if they're from the UK, um, we pay for them to relocate to Jersey um, and also for their first month of accommodation to help them settle on the island. Because obviously, I mean, I'm sure lots of people haven't been to Jersey, so there would be, you know, that period of of just getting to know the place, getting to know the people and and finding their way around, and then obviously finding somewhere to live. In terms of work, then, the programme will be structured around completing seats, as Lauren and Mark have mentioned, with our specialist practice areas, so corporate finance and funds and the trainees will also complete a secondment to either our London or our Dublin offices. So one will go to London and one will go to Dublin at the same time. And we will also give our trainees fully paid timeouts to complete the SQE preparation courses and the exams, which will also obviously be funded by us. And then the idea is at the end of the two-year programme, the experience that they gain with us will then count towards their qualifying work experience So the qualifying work experience is what the SRA need to see when they receive applications from candidates to be on the role as a solicitor in England and Wales. We've obviously built this two-year programme. We're funding our trainees through the SQE route. We're giving them really high quality work and hands-on experience. We're also tapping into our um, global network. So we'll have those secondment opportunities. And it's just... A really great opportunity for anyone wanting some different experience and high quality legal training, but something that isn't the well trodden path of moving to London as soon as you graduate and working in the city. You know, we're not cutting that off as an option for people further down the line. You know, they could come and work in Jersey for as long as they wanted to and then consider, as Lauren and Mark have said, you know, moving back onshore isn't difficult at all because you're getting this high quality experience. So it's just you know, if you're looking for something a bit
1: more exciting and a bit more. It's something a bit different, isn't it? And and I think increasingly from when I my work with students, I think a lot of students now, they, they want to consider work-life balance more. They don't all want to be going off to London and, you know, have it. Some do, as we've said, and, and some people love that. But I think people are, fle- are flexible and they want to look at other opportunities
2: Rich, I think that's right. And it's also looking at a different opportunity, but without closing off the London route. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that's what's great about it, you know, because exactly like you guys have pointed out, you could come over to Jersey, couldn't you, and train and work. And I'm sure you've got colleagues who've done that and they've gone, they've come back over here. It might be London, might be Manchester, might be Birmingham, because... Life changes, doesn't it, as you, you know, as it evolves, it, it doesn't stay the same. So yeah, it, it's a very well-trodden path, you know,
3: starting offshore and coming onshore, or by starting offshore and then going onshore. And I think, especially after the pandemic, people mm. are valuing work-life balance a lot more. And I think from a junior perspective, the main drive to going to London is you you assume that you're going to be being exposed to the best quality work and getting the best training but what we're offering is that same level work and that same level of training but without having to sacrifice your life which is something that's really really appealing
0: i came to maples from a magic circle firm and have seen those massive cohorts of trainees come in um, twice a year. And some people do thrive in that environment, but lots of people don't thrive in that environment. You know, you're, part of, you're one of many, many trainees all embarking on the same thing at the same time. And that's very overwhelming for lots of people. Whereas I think this opportunity that we have at Maples is something where you can thrive just being an individual and being you know, one of two trainees in a smaller office you know you have that opportunity to do something different
1: you get to know the team easier I expect Emily wouldn't Mm. you if there was if you were in a big trainee intake as you say you're you know you're one of many but I guess if you're in a smaller organization you really get to build those working relationships don't you
0: exactly and I'm sure Lauren and Mark can um, vouch for that as well
3: yeah definitely and as I said earlier on, the the partner contact and the mentoring opportunities that you'll be exposed to by being in a smaller
1: intake of trainees, it's invaluable. (laughs) It's (laughs) invaluable. So what is really exciting is that next week for our Law Careers Fair at Exeter, Maples are going to be there so I think it's really important to point that out so if any of our students listen to this podcast and they'd like to find out more you can come along and speak to is it Emily are you going to be there?
0: Laura and I, Lauren and I will actually both oh, be fantastic. at the fair so please come and chat to us we'll be very excited to share all the details about the scheme and also obviously how to apply And also, if you follow our social media channels, so follow Maple's group, you'll be able to see lots of marketing material that's going to be going out about our scheme over the next few months.
1: That's great. And I think what would be really nice to to finish on, as it is the careers fair next week, I know a lot of our students will be thinking, oh, you know, how should I start these conversations with these professional organisations that are going to be there? So I wondered if we could just have your kind of top networking tips for our students. So who would like to go first?
3: I can start. So if you are going to come and see us next week, and I, I imagine you'll be going to see lots of different stalls and lots of different firms, just be confident, maybe do a little bit of research about the the firms you what you're interested in, you're interested to go and see beforehand. Something that I always do encourage our juniors to do, so our paralegals or trainees, is to really build on their LinkedIn presence and use LinkedIn really effectively. I think building up that presence early on in your career and connecting with as many people as possible in your field of interest is really, really key. So if when going around the law fair, you meet some other trainees, you meet associates that work in an area that you think you would like to work in, get their details, connect with them on LinkedIn and stay in contact with them because building that network early on is really, really key. Can I
0: just follow on from Lauren and just say, I think my tip would be be completely open-minded in terms of who you're going to speak to. It's all sort of very well listing a number of firms who, you know, They have well-known names and, you know, well-known training contracts and you're very interested to go and speak to them. But I think just be really open-minded. You never know by starting a conversation with someone, even if you don't have an agenda, by starting that conversation, you never know where it's going to lead. And you never know what they know um, and who they know. And, you know, they might have some really interesting recommendations for you and you might come away from that conversation thinking oh okay well I'd never thought about that before I'd never thought about even you know if you could stumble across us and you could think oh I didn't even know anything about offshore law so yeah I think my tip is be as open-minded as you can be.
2: Well I would just add Rachel for your particularly for your students graduating this year that they need to remember they're at a top university and that the people their peers their fellow students their friends will be people of influence in the future I mean Lauren went to exeter she's one of our success stories but so did our global managing partner so i'd say to your students you know stay in touch with each other
1: i think that's such a good piece of advice mark because you just the world is a small place isn't it it surely is brilliant well thank you so much for joining us today i think that's going to be really some really useful insight and of your experiences for our students and we look forward to seeing you next week this was the Career Zone podcast,
0: brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message. Hashtag #CareerZonePodcast at UOECareers on Twitter, or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram, and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.